you might not know this about me, but I really love modern architecture. Any architecture fans in the room love buildings, houses, that kind of thing? I'm a big fan of architecture and buildings, but not just any old building. I am a huge fan of the kind of building that can be described as contemporary, minimalist, open concept. Something very similar to this house right here, right? There's this YouTube channel that I subscribe to called The Local Project, and basically this YouTube channel takes home tours of these incredible houses in some of the most amazing locations in Australia and New Zealand. So like on the beach, these houses are like so beautiful, they're probably so expensive, but they are just literally incredible. I recently came across this house and it's pretty close to my dream house. I don't really know what your dream house is, but for Joseph, this is very close to my dream house. Uh, I flipped through these pictures and watched the YouTube video of like the house tour and I was like, this is literally unbelievable. I love open concepts. So I love, imagine walking into this space and it's like, which room is which exactly? You don't even know. Everyone's in a room. Everyone's just vibing together. We got the kitchen, the table. There's a window here. And just look at this. At night, oh, the cozy vibes, right? So good. You're just like, imagine yourself sitting on the couch. It's a breezy summer New Zealand evening. The window is up. You're just getting the sea breeze. Can you even... Imagine how peaceful and amazing that must be. But building this kind of house, if you, let's just say you had all the money, you hired somebody to build this house for you, one of the things that would be really important for you to do is to talk about how to make this house not just look cool, but also last you a really, really long time. So building a beautiful house that lasts for a really long time requires that you do more than just buy cool furniture or have cool cabinets. You have to do really important work in the foundation. So the first and most important step in building a home like this, your dream home, is to lay a good foundation. It is a vital start to the right place to make sure everything that you're building on is right and it's even and it's level and it's gonna stand the test of time. But in order to do that, you always need to start with a good foundation, all right? So remember that, because we're gonna come back to it. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 John chapter four. If you have your phone, you can also grab that and turn to 1 John chapter four. Uh, if you don't know where that is, don't feel bad. You can look at the table of contents. Uh, but 1 John is one of the last books in the New Testament. Find 1 John chapter 4. Again, my name is Joseph. My pronouns are he, him. And it is so great to be with you tonight as we continue our series, Who is God? So in this series, we're doing our best to wrestle with this question of who or what is this divine human, he, she, it, they, father, mother, son, spirit being in the sky? Does anybody remember week one of this? It was a while ago now, looking at like maybe four weeks ago. So if you remember, good for you. But in week one, we looked at how incredibly diverse the Bible is when it comes to the concept of God. 
We saw that when the Bible talks about God, it references God using non-binary and female pronouns. God is spirit. God is mother. God is a woman in labor. God commanding genocide. God is trinity and so many other challenging pictures of who God is. And we saw that the Bible is really complicated in how it talks about God. So if you missed that teaching and you're interested, of course, you can go back and listen to the youth podcast. I'd encourage you to do that. But tonight, our goal is just for you to remember this one statement. God is love. All right. Now, chances are, if you grew up in church or you've been to KidsCom or you understand anything about God, this phrase is probably not new for some of you. But I want to help us understand tonight that if this is the starting place of what we believe about God, we are going to probably end up in a really amazing place years down the road. And as we talked about, the foundation is one of the most important parts of the building, and we want to build a really good foundation of what we believe to be true about God. Okay, so 1 John 4, let's look at what it says together. John writes this to his community. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Verse 19, we love because God first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have not seen, whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And God has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Okay, so there's so much we could talk about and unpack when it comes to the idea of 1 John chapter 4. But tonight, I just want us to focus again on this one phrase, God is love. The Bible has a lot to say about what God is like and what God does But it's so, so important that we start from a place of knowing who God is. Because God is not just what God does. And the most basic answer to knowing who God is, is that God is love. And as we saw a few weeks ago, God is a lot of things. But if we don't start here, we're going to end up in some really, really weird places when it comes to our beliefs about God. Now, notice uh, the word that John uses in this chapter. John doesn't say God loves, even though, of course, God loves, right? God loves you, and God loves me, and, and plants, and trees, and animals, and people, and creation as a whole. But for God, love isn't just something that God does It's not just a verb or an action, but love is the very essence of who God is because God is love. God is the embodiment of what love looks like in the world. God, at the core of who God is, the deepest part of who God is, is love. And everything we know about God flows from this most important truth that God is love. So when we try to answer the question of who is God, the most important thing for us to remember and to keep coming back to 
is this foundation that we build everything else on, and that's that God is love. Now, that sounds really awesome that God is love. That sounds really beautiful. But for the rest of our time in the next seven minutes, I want to help us consider what that actually means for me and for you here today. Because it's one thing to just believe that God is love in your head or come to youth and hear me say that God is love. That may sound like really nice and you're like, yeah, I would agree with that. But the question becomes, what does that mean for me as I go out into the world that I live in? What does it mean for us when we're at school or we're on sports teams or at work or we're at home with our siblings or on social media? What does it mean for us that God is love? So two things I think John shows us when it comes to understanding what it means that God is love. And the first one is this. God is love means that there is no fear in love. God is love means that there is no fear in love in love. So whenever you think about God or church or pastors or theology or anything related to God and faith, there shouldn't be any fear. Like when you think about God, you should not be feeling fear or shame or guilt because if God is love and there's no fear in love, then we shouldn't be scared of God. But unfortunately, Christianity has a really long history of telling a story of shame and fear and guilt. And this story of God has ruined people's lives. This distorted and harmful view of God has caused so much death and genocide and depression and anxiety and misogyny and ruined relationships and has led to so much abuse and oppression in people's lives. But John tells us that there shouldn't be fear in love. And since God is love, there should be no fear when it comes to God. And so if our story of God leads us to fear or worry or shame or anxiety, then it's not the right story. I used to be really scared about believing the right things about God and faith and heaven and hell and marriage and sexuality and all of those things. I was so concerned with like, what is true? What does God say? Because the story that I grew up was basically this. God created the world really good, but at some point, Adam and Eve in the garden, they sinned. And what that meant is that everybody from then on was born sinners, that they deserved hell, that they didn't, if they didn't believe in Jesus, they would go to hell when they died. And the only way for you to avoid hell was for you to believe that Jesus died for your sins. And then when you do die, you can go to heaven when you die. That was the story that I grew up with. Maybe that's the story that you heard over, your, over the course of your faith journey. And for me, that was absolutely terrifying Because if I didn't believe the right thing or do the right thing or say the right thing, there was a chance that if and when I die, I would spend forever burning in hell. And that was supposed to be this message of love. And that was always really confusing for me. And it led to a ton of shame and guilt and fear in my life because I thought there was only one way to live, only one thing to believe, only one thing to do in the world, and if I wasn't that person that everybody around me was telling me I needed to be, that somehow God was disappointed with me, or God was angry with me, or God was ashamed of me and the choices that I was making. 
people would always tell me that there's all these rules about being a Christian and following Jesus and what you can and can't believe. And I always felt trapped in fear and shame over doubting and asking questions about what I actually believed and what I thought the Bible was saying. But when I started to understand that God is love and I started to build my foundation from that point, it changed everything. I started to realize that if anything I believed about God or faith or Jesus was causing me to feel fear or shame, then it wasn't true. It wasn't from God, and it was okay to let that idea go and find something else that didn't cause me to live in fear. Because there is no fear in love. And since God is love, we can live without fear of believing the wrong things. Because God is love, and God loves who you are in the world. Right now, as you sit here, as you exist, regardless of how you feel about yourself or your body or your emotions or your family or your sexuality or your gender identity or whatever you're going through, because God is love, that means that God loves you just as you are. So first, we see that there is no fear in love. The second thing that I think we see in this passage is that we can't say we love people and then harm them at the same time. We can't say that we love people and harm them at the same time. John tells us that we can't call ourselves Christians or followers of Jesus and hate our neighbor. If you remember, we actually read that. In fact, John says that if you claim to follow Jesus and your belief or theology causes harm to other people, then John says that you are a liar, which is really abrasive and aggressive language for John to be using. But I think what John is getting at is that since God is love, our only response should be a response of love to other people which means that God expects us to love our neighbor in the same way that we have received God's love. We cannot claim to love God and then not affirm our LGBTQ plus neighbor. We cannot claim to love God and then not advocate for those who are on the margins. We cannot claim to love God and then only have friends that think and talk and act and look like us. We cannot claim to love God and then not live a life of love. God is love demands that we love the way that we have been loved by God. With no conditions, with no qualifications, with no expectations of how another person is going to respond to us, with no rules or regulations, just simple, unconditional love for all people. Amen? Amen. Noise. So... As we, I don't know why I did that, as we wrestle with this question of who or what is this divine human, he, she, it, they, father, mother, son, spirit, being God, person in the sky, it's vital for us to remember that God is love. Because if we start from that place, if we build our foundation, build our house of faith on that foundation, we are going to end up in a really, really beautiful place in our faith. And if we can remember that, we'll be off to a really great start of beginning to understand who God is, because God is love. Great. Amen.